0: Hey, what's up, y'all? It is Will here at Schedule Fly, and it is Tuesday, July 7th, and I'm super stoked today. This is a really special episode with Ginger Per Tile. Um, this came about over the last week or two, and it's a really interesting. Quick backstory is uh, Ginger's out in Grand Junction, Colorado, uh, out near kind of the Utah border, and um, she started a free trial with Schedule Fly about a year ago and mentioned in the free trial sign up form that she had been listening to the podcast and it was you know really helpful to hear other people talk about the same issues uh that she was dealing with or would have to deal with with her first place this was this was your first place that you would open on your end right ginger correct yeah and that was uh that was old man grill and i just remembered that and i i guess about a week or so ago i was like yeah i wonder how she's doing and we caught up, and uh, you're no longer doing the old man grill, but you're but you're uh, you're still in the industry and still out there in Grand Junction and and having a good time and dealing with all the stuff with COVID. So we thought, hey, why don't we just catch up and uh, get to know each other over the phone and do an episode? So thanks for doing this very much. I appreciate it. Of
1: course, thank you very much.
0: Well, um, so I mean, it's this is so this is cool. I mean, we have every now and then we have people that you know they let us know hey i've listened to the podcast and gosh it's really nice hearing other people dealing with these issues i think that um you know i've had people say it's sort of like therapy which is which is really cool because you know we do these and we put them out there and you hope people will listen and you hope they enjoy it you hope they get something out of it i, I i'm a little selfish i think because I mean, I just love doing it. I would literally do these all day, every day, but people are so busy and I don't, I, you know, I try to be careful with, you know, how many people to doing but I really enjoy doing it and I, and I learn a lot. So wh- when did you start listening to this podcast? How did you start listening and, um, just what was the, what was the backstory on that?
1: Um, as far as finding you, um, it wasn't until after I, um, kind of got into my place and, it was a breakfast place and I did everything from scratch. So I was up at three in the morning, mm-hmm. um, did um, all the cooking by myself for most of my journey there. Um, but I found that it was a really great time to put my headphones on and and get centered. And I just started looking at podcasts and found yours and got hooked.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Um, so when did you start Old Man Grill?
1: Um, it would have been July 2018.
0: Okay. No. Okay. So you okay? You had been at it about a year then when you signed up first. Okay. Got it. Got it. Correct. Yeah. Okay.
1: I didn't make the connection that you had schedule fly till later on. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: we try not to. You know, we try to. I mean, this. If if it comes up, it's fine. Okay. But it's not. You know, we're we're not. Another doing,
1: thing I love about you
0: guys. <laughs> we're kind of low key. Yeah. I love uh, it. <laughs> um. Well. Okay. So. Then had you been, you, you mentioned that uh, before we started recording that Grand Junction's your hometown. You've lived a couple other places, Montana, California, over your life, but uh, you've been there the majority of your life. Have you been in the hospitality business for most of your career? Um,
1: since I was 14. Wow. How about Oh, that? yeah. Restaurant life kind of saved me, actually. Oh, how so? Um, well, I wasn't raised in the most positive environment, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I very young, focused on school and whatever could get me out of the house really. And at 14, I got my uh, worker's permit and found a job at a restaurant here, and worked full time and gave me purpose. It gave me motivation. It gave me something to uh, focus on, I guess, and find myself really.
0: Man, that you know one of the things i really love about this industry i actually got chills just listening to you talk about that i it, it, because <laughs> well look this is an industry that i mean it is the most meritocratic industry i've ever come across it doesn't matter your background your race your sex your your socioeconomic background your ethnicity it just it's like if you if you're willing to show up work hard be a good teammate. Love what you do. Take great care of your customers. You, you got a job. And uh, and you're going to be around people that have come from all kinds of backgrounds, some positive, some not so positive, um, like yourself. You're going to have people that, you know, have had, I mean, gosh, it's the one industry where if you've, man, if you've had substance abuse issues, um, you know, people are, it doesn't matter. If you're going to show up and do what you're supposed to do, be there when you're supposed to be there, be a good teammate, it's a wonderful, wonderful industry for you.
1: It really is, and I do have a background of substance abuse as well, so um, that's been a struggle and a battle for me, um, and I try to turn that around and use it you know, to help others now, and I found my way out of it in this industry, you know?
0: Oh man, that's I love that so much. There, there's so many folks that. Um, well, first of all, this it's an interesting dynamic too, isn't it, Ginger? Because it really here's is. here's an industry that is has been frankly supportive of substance abuse in a way, and and, and it's it's an easy, uh, easy place to continue substance abuse if that's an issue because you're around this stuff all the time. But then it's also an industry that is, I think particularly over the last you know decade or so five six seven years there's been more of a shift in the conversation to um helping people with substance abuse and there's there's organizations like ben's friends um which are you familiar with ben's friends
1: they were on your show
0: um Steve's been on here, yeah, and we've, t- yeah, uh, Steve and uh, Scott Crawford. Uh, we did an episode with them. Um, I guess, gosh, it's been a little while now, last summer maybe, but um, yeah, we started out Charleston, and um, Steve Palmer says that the, uh, you know, the restaurant industry saved his life twice, and uh, one was because you know he was a troubled uh, young man, and um, uh, as a, you know, as a teenager, and he was getting in trouble a lot, and didn't have a good home life, and he got into the industry, and it. Saved him from that, and then he got invo- and then he had bad substance abuse issues. Uh, wound up homeless on the streets of Atlanta, you know, drugged out, and you know, picked himself up and went back into the industry. And you know, now he owns a successful group of restaurants out of Charleston. They started that this group, Ben's Friends, and it's opening chapters all over the country. Uh, and it's a wonderful thing to see. It is
1: wonderful, and those are the stories you know that inspire me to keep going. And. You know, I fell off and had quite a few years there where I struggled pretty hard, you know. But the restaurant is something for me that's always there when I need it, you know. Yeah. And um, coming out of that, being a victim or just being part of the team, but now me moving into leadership roles has really, really helped me, you know. And well, I think that's a beauty of the restaurant, too, because you can be any player in the party you know like
0: you can choose
1: to be whatever you want to be there and that's it's a beautiful thing really
0: no it really is um okay so you started your breakfast place old man grill a couple years ago this summer two years ago um
1: which is a funny story in (laughs) itself
0: well tell me the story like what so you've been in the industry a while you decide as so many people do okay i'm going to I'm going to hang my shingle out here and try to do this on my own. What, what inspired that? And what was the story about getting that going? So
1: the short story, I guess, um, I'd been in management for many years before that at a restaurant. I was about seven years assistant GM, um, at a restaurant here in town. Um, unfortunately we had some family situations. My brother ended up with cancer, um, Mm. and had just a few months left. So, um, I took some time out and stepped down from that position and um, just kind of focused on him for a while. And when I went back to job search, I, I don't know, I was feeling kind of heavy. So I didn't really look for a management position. I just kind of went in to wait tables at this little restaurant, the old man grill and uh, interviewed for the position a couple times. And long story short, he emailed me and said, have you ever thought of owning and then a month later, I I owned the place. So.
0: Oh wow!
1: <laughs>
0: How long had it been there?
1: Sometimes we can't escape our destiny, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had I didn't even wait tables. I went straight to training to own. So.
0: How long had that restaurant been there?
1: Um, he had been there for a year, but I didn't know anything about it until I walked in. A, a friend told me that they knew him and he needed some help. So.
0: So breakfast restaurant. Everything from uh-huh. scratch. You're up there at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Daily?
1: Daily.
0: Ooh. <laughs> well, okay. Then then it's a bre so then when did you like how did your day go? You went from three till probably what till three or four in the afternoon I would guess.
1: Um the restaurant was open hours of operation seven to two.
0: Seven to two. Oh man, those are long long mornings.
1: So homemade biscuits every day, green chili. Mm. red chili yeah asada i it was it was wonderful I loved every minute of it i always said I wouldn't get up in the morning that early if I didn't love it so <laughs>
0: i was gonna say do you ever get used to that
1: um you know I kind of miss it a little bit <laughs> and I think it was more you know just that quiet time in the morning yeah. where the world's sleeping and you're working on your dreams and I don't know, scheming, planning, learning, you know, I I had all that time, too, and I I loved your podcast so much because, you know, you can sit and read a book, honestly, um, and I'm just speaking for myself, I don't know many owners personally, but there's no time, you know, (laughs) so the things you learn, you have to learn on the go, and it was such a great resource for me, Um, and so I, I, I loved it very much, thank you for what you do.
0: Oh, th- thank you for listening. Thank you. for. So, I mean, you know, um, we we feel lucky that we have the opportunity to serve so many people uh, that own restaurants and that, you know, are willing to take the time to come on and share their story. So we're super thankful for that opportunity and, and just love it. Um, who, let me ask you this. I'm curious. Do you, does anybody, did anybody stick out over the years? Like, were there people that... Maybe because you knew them, because you for they were from Colorado, and you knew their name, or or just anybody that where you said, you know, that's that's an interesting point I hadn't thought of, and and you changed, you know, something about the way I'm, you thought I'm, about restaurants because of that.
1: I'm terrible with names and things yeah. like that, so <laughs> no,
0: no problem. <laughs> but I, I, there
1: was there was a gal you interviewed up. Um, I want to say of an Oregon area. She had a very similar story to mine. She worked at a restaurant um, and then the owners wanted to let it go and they gave it to her. Basically she bought it from them and it was kind of her first stepping into that position. Yeah. I don't remember. Do you remember that one? Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was last summer. Sure. Absolutely.
1: Uh, That was really um, impressive to me. I don't know. It's kind of neat when you find another story that resonates with your own. So I really connected with that one, but overall it's really just hearing the persistence in people and, Mm. you know, knowing that each one of them had a struggle pretty much daily. We do in this industry, you know, um, and that in itself was encouraging to me, you know?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. She's awesome. Uh, You know, another person out there in Colorado is Rami Rossello at Comita. Um, um, What's the restaurant? Her, it's Comida, C-O-M-I-D-A. She's in, um, well, she's in Denver now. She had three locations. She's, at, she has one now. It's a long. I'm, in fact, I might get Remy back on here. We recorded an episode in person in February, and because I got to go out there to um, Crested Butte, where I was able to stay with Karen um, Hoskins and her her husband, then she owns Montana distillers. And then I went over to Boulder and I stayed with Dave query and his bride, Dana, at big red F and got to hang out with them. And then I got to hang out with Drew Hannes of sweet cow ice cream. And then Rami Rossello of Comida. Now Rami and I recorded an episode and then I literally went to the airport. I flew back home, got settled back in, back in Charlotte had been gone, you know, a week or whatever. And, uh, got back to work and started posting episodes I recorded while I was gone. And then COVID hit and it, hit, you know, so fast that yeah, all the yeah. stuff that like, all the stuff Rami and I talked about was immediately, and Drew, Drew and I did one too. It was just, a, it was irrelevant because it was like, nobody cared. I, I did, I, all the stuff we had just talked about was like right at the footstep of this right at the doorstep of this and then this happened and all anybody you know it just changed everything so fast so i was like that's just nobody really wants to listen to that content right now it's just not relevant and then you know so we started doing these these um i mean fairly quickly we still you know people had a lot of time so we started doing all these episodes that we call onward now talking about like you know it's like the restaurant world pre-covid is very different than now and probably going forward uh, i think
1: it sure is um I think that's kind of the nature of the beast, though, <laughs> yeah, and and I think I have um kind of a quote I, I think about a lot, and that's the only consistency in life is that there is no consistency, you know, mm-hmm. and always being ready for change, and I think when we expect something to stay the same and keep going the same way, we kind of set ourselves up for obstacles because things will consistently grow and things will consistently change as we change, as people change, as the environment changes. So,
0: That's right. And if you um, – one thing I've learned – I'm 40. I just turned 46. I've been saying I'm 45 for a while. I just turned 46. And I've learned something. took me a long time, but the way you – the perspective you take on these changes, particularly these big sudden ones – um, is so important because if you look at it as, you know, Oh, well, look what happened. I, I can't control this. And this is, te- you know, this, this is terrible and you, it can overwhelm you. It can ruin you or you can say, okay, well, this is what it is. Good. I'm going to use this as an opportunity. Um, and that's, that's such an important mindset. I talk, we talk about that. I talk with my kids about that all the time. Um, it's something I'm trying to instill in them early because it took me a long time. But, boy, you've had to have that mentality to get through the last couple months in this industry, haven't you?
1: Yes. <laughs> um, I look at obstacles as opportunities now. You know, um, I think it's important to... Perspective is everything for me, You know, and I think it is really for everyone once we become aware of it. But anything, everything has a good and a bad part of it you know and it's what are you going to focus on are you going to focus on the failure you're going to focus on the lesson you know okay how can i grow from this what did i learn from it you know and only then can we survive in not only an industry but as humans you know
0: totally agree Junior. totally agree well okay so i got us distracted i want to hear more about your your um time as an owner there so you you, you You purchase Old Man Grill. You're there cranking it out every day at 3, doing something you love, making food you love. So take us from there.
1: I never, ever imagined that I could love something so much, you know, outside of my own children, I guess. But um, it it was a very interesting journey for me. Um, I learned so much about myself, um, the strength, that we have, you know, when we take on opportunities like that, um, it's scary. It's, I don't know if I'm fit for it. I don't know if I have all the right tools, you know, I don't know if tomorrow is going to work out, you know, you just kind of focus on day in and day out and making sure that you're being the best that you can be, you know, and I absolutely adore people, um, and it gave me an opportunity to really embrace a community, and I'll never, ever regret any any second of it.
0: Did you close it, or did you sell it, or what happened?
1: Um. Well, maybe I didn't have all the tools that I needed to be successful in every area. You know, um, looking back, you know, it was it was a dream that. Felt like it fell in my lap, you know, and in a lot of ways it was. Um, but sometimes we, we jump headfirst into things and don't really see the things that we should be seeing, you know. Um, looking back, you know, the numbers were never really there. It was really had overhead. Um, it was a struggle financially from day one. Um, but, again, perspective, you know, I think I needed to learn that
0: about myself and that about the industry. I've never been on that side of it, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know what? The uh, There's the there's the perspective, though, of, of taking that and go, okay, well, it didn't work out, but that's I'm not going to count that as a failure. I'm going to count that as a, a good learning opportunity that's helping me grow. Then, so, um, how long were you, how long you, did you have it?
1: So I ended up closing mid-February this year Um, and again one of the hardest decisions I ever made but with COVID was around the corner man and I look back and I just think wow I'm I'm really glad that I did it that way and I was able to rest and relax and recuperate through all of this and um, lick my wounds I guess (laughs) and and regroup you know Um, and be there for some of my other local restaurants here I was able to Get on
0: with and help out. So, do you, um, well, what let me ask you this if you were to own another restaurant, or or do you think you will? Do you want to? Yes, yes, you do absolutely hands down. Do you think you would purchase one again, or do you think you'd want to start your own, or does it matter?
1: Um, That's another thing in the future I can't control, but I would like to start my own. I have um, a lot of vision from from my mistakes and what I wanted to build there and wasn't able to, you know. Um, I would love to start my own breakfast chain, you know. Um, But I definitely, I think, would need a partner. It was just too much for me on my own, you know, so.
0: Which part of it's more challenging for you is it the the business side of it or the yes yeah
1: i'm i'm busy i'm creative i am i'm a thinker i love to cook i love to be in the kitchen i love to be with the people and sitting at a desk just wasn't my my jam i guess (laughs) i tried but
0: well look i mean this is congratulations You, you know thank you taking a risk and having it not work out is we need that. I mean, this is what's what drives this economy this is what drives this country. It's, you know, it's the, it's the opportunity we present to, to anyone is, you know, it's not equal outcome. It's certainly equal opportunity for the most part. Uh, and I don't want to get into political conversation, but I mean, that's, you know, at a high level, that's what we're about. And I congratulate people that if you've done something, and it didn't work out that's a success to me just just doing it just trying you know being in there and throwing I, your hat in and just saying you know what i'm going to go for it cuz it is scary it's hard <laughs> it's risky it's challenging it's lonely it's i mean all these things i've been there i've done, you know it's 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 a tough tough thing to do and if you haven't ever done it it's almost like everybody ought to um Ought to do it once. Ought to try to start their own thing once, even if it's just selling T-shirts on the side as a side. I just anything where you are responsible for every bit of the, you know, at the end of the day, the buck stops with you. That's a daunting thing, and it's easy to work for people and say, "Well, if I if I did it, you know, or I did." Because I, I did that, I got I me. Mean, I flat out did that when I got out of college. I went into corporate America, and I was just like, I knew how to do things, and if they would just listen, <laughs> I didn't know shit. You know, like now, and, but it took me doing it to realize that I didn't know anything. But it's a, that's a healthy thing to learn. It, it humbles you.
1: It really is, you know. And I think so often we get comfortable with. A safety net or comfortable with the idea of oh if it doesn't work out I can go over here and do this or you know um, and when you're left without that safety net and it's just you you really have to dig in dig your heels in um, look I, I say those two years are the longest look in the mirror I've mm-hmm. ever experienced you know um, and when we are doing our own thing like that and it's your vision and not anyone else's um, only then really can we see who we really are. Because when we create, we can't create from a space outside of ourselves. So even if we think we are, it directly starts reflecting, you know, our own habits, our own boundaries, our own limitations. And then we have to push through those on our own as well, you know, and it's not somebody else who can't blame them, you know, yep. you can't say, oh, the boss doesn't let me do this or, you know, yep. staff won't listen to me or, you know, you don't have any excuses anymore. It's all right. Why am I getting myself in a situation over and over again? You know, I need to look at myself and take responsibility for what I'm creating because that's essentially what we're doing. You know, it's like a canvas. It's an art piece, you know, um, but we're just doing it in a different way, you know, and what I built there was was beautiful in a lot of ways, but it showed me my own faults as well, you know, and I think that's the courage that it really takes to be in an industry like that, because it's not just a piece of painting where you can throw it in the garbage. You know, you are responsible for people. People are looking Mm -hmm. up to you. Mm -hmm. Communities looking up to you. Um, You're on a pedestal really, you know, and it it is scary and it is lonely and takes a lot of strength. And um, it's, it's such a valuable lesson.
0: What did you learn about yourself that you, were surprised about, if anything.
1: Um, I actually was able to break free of a lot of, a lot of patterns and habits I'd had since shit first, probably. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, it, it's crazy how things and environments you were around when you, we were children, you know, that we'd mm. never address or never reassess because the need isn't there or the drive isn't there or, we're just not faced with it because we don't take challenges like that. And I was able to really, for instance, for example, okay. um, I had a struggle with hiring um, and it felt as though I was hiring the same person over and over, you know, and the first couple it's like, man, it's just, you know, you can blame it on the community. You know, it's hard to find good workers around here or whatever. But when you start seeing a pattern like that, you know, then you're like, okay, why am I hiring these people, you know? Mm. And then it brought me back to, you know, the people I was raised around. That's, and it's just so funny because until you have to change it until, again, when you don't have a fallback or you don't have that safety net to say, oh, this just doesn't work. I'm going to go over here, you know, because it must be here that's the problem, when you're not able to do that, then that's when we're really forced to to look inside ourselves and deal with those patterns, you know, and
0: super 100%. valuable
1: stuff.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. What kind, what kind of person were you hiring?
1: Um, I was kind of raised in a very uh, thick victim mentality, you know. I was raised quote-unquote, you could say the ghetto, we were poor, you know, um, grew up in what we call the the ghetto here, you know, in this town, and um, food stamps, and nobody really working, you know, and just that victim mentality, and no real support for each other, you know, Mm -hmm. and you can try to suck that out of anybody, but I came to find out, I just, I needed to deal with the people that I'm comfortable, and, and, and it's a strange thing, but we end up comfortable mm. with with that scenario, you know, if nobody's supporting us, then it becomes an excuse, and those things become patterns, and before we know it, it's, it's how we see the world, or how we view friendships, or how we view um, whatever community that we've embedded ourselves in, you know, and it was really powerful for me. And I remember that day to to the T where I was like, all right, I went up in my office and I sat down and I locked myself in my restaurant for two days straight, you know, just pondering myself and why patterns are so important to pay attention to, you know, and um, I sat there until I kind of worked it out a little bit. And, and from there, it just snowballs because once you open those doors to
0: mm. things
1: that change you, you know, you become almost addicted to it, you know, I'm like, what? Mm. I, I can make this better, you know? I This is something in me that I, I can control, you know? It's not my outside environment. I can fix this in me, and um, that's kind of where I took it, you know? And that's just one example of the many lessons I had there.
0: That's so awesome. Well, look, we're the architect of our own life. I mean, we really are. And Correct. especially if you live now... In this country, in this time, I mean, you—you know, there's very little that you can't uh, overcome if you really want it. Uh, But you're—you're going back to what you said. I think this is such an important thing, and I admire this so much. Is that you were born in a tough situation, didn't have the support. Uh, network you needed you had you had substance abuse issues it's so easy to fall in the trap of of uh like you said of, of having a victim mentality so to turn that on its head and what i've heard from you is a lot of um self-awareness accountability responsibility growth these are these are mindsets that it, it's I, it's i feel for people that never experience thinking of the world that way. I can't imagine going through life and and I had a lot of um you know, as a young man, I mean I had a lot of, you know, any faults or flaws or problems I had, it was I was very quick to say, well that's not my fault. Once you learn accountability and once you go, I mean I am it, life is single player. Like I'm I am in charge of how this thing happens. Not not what happens to me, but how I handle stuff. Then it, it is a incredibly liberating experience isn't it and it it eliminates the fear from your life and it gives you the opportunity to um look at the world in a way that enables you to have the opportunity to do what you want to do doesn't it
1: absolutely it's so empowering you know um but it's that switch it's almost like a light switch inside you you know that it takes you to turn it on. Yes. Yes. You can be in the dark forever and choose to be comfortable, quote unquote, you know, or, um, have that safety net or, or whatever it is. You know, we all have our shadow side. I'll put it that way, you know, and we Mm. all have our strengths and we all have our weaknesses. But when we switch that light on, start accepting and seeing those weaknesses, then we become empowered and realize that we can change that you know we can't change people no there's this quote going around you know you can't change the people around you but you can change the people around you you know (laughs) yes you
0: can't (laughs) change them but you can change who you want to be around is that that?
1: correct yeah Yeah. yep (laughs) but i have i guess you could call it one of my faults but um i've always had this need or desire to, to save people, you know? I, I, like, I see them struggling in the ways that I struggled, you know, and I, I want to be that leader or that that trailblazer or that, that ear or that shoulder you know, um, for them, but ultimately, it's, it's up to them, you know? And it's a really, like you said, it, it's, it's, it's sad to see people not want to turn that light on, not want to see and accept
0: those parts of themselves and, and have that awareness and self-growth. Well, a lot of that's, look, it's, it's, I mean, we have, we have, I have substance abuse in my, in my family. Um, I've seen it. It's why I've been so, I've been so aware of it. Um, as a child, I saw it and I've just been terrified of it. Um, it, it's, I mean, all that stuff can just be a crutch, right? Well, you know, it's almost easier to fall back on that sometimes than than to take this leap into you know this new way of of looking at life because that is scary as hell. Um, it's scary as hell. To, it's almost you know it's scary to to think I actually could be better, stronger, happier, wiser. I could be the things that I see other people that I never thought I could be. That it it's a weird thing, but it's sometimes that's just so scary to think about making that leap that it's easier to just fall back on whatever the thing that kind of got us where we are. Um, you know what I mean?
1: Absolutely. hundred percent, you know, and I could feel those old habits in me from time to time there, you know, like I wanted to go back to that easy life, you know, when you're not achieving something, when you're not, striving for something where you're not reaching for a goal, when you're not chasing your dreams, there's no risk, you know, there's no yeah fear. So,
0: fear of failure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, it's so silly, you know, that that's a fear at all, you know, um, because what is failure, you know, it's, it's steps towards success, you know, you know, you don't just pick up a paintbrush and throw it on a canvas. Well, I mean, there are prodigies, you know, but, um, there are exceptions to that, I suppose, but in history. But most of us don't just pick up a guitar. And, you don't know, know how to woo a crowd, you know, instantly. It takes practice. You know, practice involves failures, and it involves looking at it as, okay, how can I do that different? How can I make that work? You know, where do I put my fingers? Where do I, what brush do I use? And it's not failure. It's it's learning, and, and I love the journey of life, um, and I love people's journeys, and I think there's so much more to learn from failing than there is from having something succeed. You know, and what is that really, anyways? It's a Definition. So
0: no, uh, look, you nailed it. A hundred percent, I agree with that. And, and it's once you once you learn to embrace failure as a positive, as a tool to help you learn. I mean, all, all you're doing is you're just narrowing down, right? You're whittling away until you get to what you wanted to get to. So the failures are good because now you've eliminated, you know, okay, now I learned that. I, I messed that up. Well, now I'm not going to do that again because I learned it. Mm-hmm. And it, while it was short-term, maybe painful, long-term, that's that's good. And now we're just narrowing away. So that's what you did. And you learned a lot. And you'll take that the next time and whenever that may be when you start your next place and um, you'll be so much better all, all because of that. And um, I think that's just awesome. And I I hope you do it. I hope you do it whenever you want to, but I hope that's soon, Ginger, because I think you're awesome and I think you have a great way of looking at life and you have a great story and you've overcome all kinds of stuff and uh, you you have a lot to clearly uh, you have a lot to share with people. And when you talk about saving people, that you know, and as I think you know now, I mean the way you do that is by being the example and you know um, showing the way. Versus you know, because people the when people are ready, they'll follow, right? But they have to be ready when they're ready. And whenever they are, they're going to look to people like you and go, "Look what Ginger did. You know, I, I can do this too." And um, f- they'll come to you versus you going to them, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I I think that's what sets leaders apart you know they're the ones willing to step into that darkness you know and step into that unknown and so many people I've I've realized through this little journey you know so many people aren't ready they don't feel like they have the strength to do that so I I always say and I tell my kids this too you know no matter what you're doing someone is watching you you know Mm. so I find that very powerful and I make jokes, but you know, with great power comes great responsibility.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Spider-Man.
1: Yeah. yeah, You know, Mm -hmm. and and I I say, you know, we're all superheroes. Um, We all have our superpowers. We all have something in us that no one else has, you know, and and until we step out of these boxes and these patterns that we put on ourselves or, you know, the way our parents lived or, you know, whoever we had looked up to growing up, when we step out of those identities and really just be ourselves, you know, it's the most simple concept, but the hardest thing to walk, you know, um, and just being you is your superpower, you know, and, and then, and only then can we really create, create an environment, um, be a leader
0: and I just think it's it's simple but so powerful you know oh totally and look it's hard to I mean you, you know you you're around long enough you start to realize like god you know all these, these things that I saw in my parents, like there's things I learned from them in a positive way that I want to emulate. There's things where I'm like, I don't want to do that. And then you find yourself, it's easy to fall into that. I think we're, we're mimetic. Like we, we kind of copy what we grew up seeing. And if you, if you're aware of that, you can make adjustments. If you're not, then you're going to just fall into the same thing. And you're going to be like, ah, you know, here, how did this happen? Um, how did I get to where I, I, you know, was so fought against so long, but you, you just have to be really aware of that. Um. And how many kids do you have, by the way? I have four. Four? Wow.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. How old are they?
1: My son is 18. He's an incredible musician. My daughter is 17. She's finishing high school right now. Just an amazing human being. And then I have an eight-year-old boy <clears throat> with the biggest heart in the world. They're amazing. And then I have a daughter who's 21.
0: Oh my gosh. That's awesome. (laughs) Wow. That's amazing. Four four kids. You had your own place. You're uh, just, it's incredible. Um,
1: Thank you. And I think too, if I can add to that, you know, them watching me do this has been so empowering for them too. Yeah. You know, um, I really focus on them, raising them for, well, their whole existence—that's all they've known of me. You know, they've never seen me do. And honestly, I've never done anything like that before. But it was such a good example for them. And watching me struggle through
0: it—you mm-hmm.
1: know, that last six months. You know, there's good chance when you walked upstairs in that office, I was in tears. You know, and mm-hmm. just seeing me push through that, and um, and the final decision when I—I just—I I had to close. You know, um, but seeing me. Bounce back and not, you know, wallow or yeah. Any of that has been so, so incredibly inspiring for them, you know. And I know many others. I have friends too that tell me that. How we react to things, like I said, somebody's always watching, you know.
0: I like that. Somebody's always watching. What what, um, so what surprising positive thing have you seen happen around you or in hospitality or maybe a specific thing or it may just be a trend over the last couple of months because of all that's happened with COVID?
1: Um, you know, the, the stipulations we're having to live with to do our jobs in itself is a challenge every day. You know, I don't think, and I, I know there's other industries that have to face mask and you know deal with all these safety issues and concerns that are very limiting to what we really love about the industry you know the smiles the hugs the we're suddenly not allowed to do that you know and that was really Mm -hmm. restricting and surprising for me but because we love it so much and we we strive to see the end of it and the other side of it we're staying in it, you know, and we're going to do what we have to do to, to get to the other side and keep this industry alive, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. How is it out there? I mean, what's, it's so different all around the country. It seems like right now, like, are y'all, um, like, is everybody required to wear masks to go conduct business or.
1: Even within the state of Colorado, it's very different County to County right now. Um, yeah. Luckily, our our county, our numbers are so incredibly low, incredibly low. We are so blessed. Oh, good. Um, we're actually opening up a little more um, in the kitchen. We're not having to wear face masks unless we go up front. But front of house is still face masks. We're at we started at 30% capacity, no bar tops, you know, um, and now we're minimal bar tops, you know, six feet apart, um, and at 50% capacity and in our county, like I said, we're blessed, um, we're actually talking about phasing to open even more, but like the Denver area is just, is a mess I and mean, I feel mm. terrible. You know, they just opened up, I think a couple months ago where I, they could do more than take, take out and their numbers increased so much, they're talking about closing again, so, oh, God. um, yeah, and I have, we have some neighboring counties that are in the same situation. So um, it's really situation to situation here, you know. And sometimes restaurant to restaurant, it's, it's different, you know. Um, mm. But that perseverance, and I, I think it's, it's another situation where you have to look at what you do and see if it's worth it to you, you know. Um, and those that have stuck around we love it and we're going to see it through, you know? And I'm, I'm so proud of the industry altogether because whew, I'm impressed. <laughs> you know, a me lot too. of people have, me too. have had to close down and it's incredibly sad. And unfortunately a lot of them were local shops, you know, small places like me. And I wouldn't have made it a week, you know, I, mm. I probably, you know, two, three days without sales and I would have been done. And so I'm grateful that I was able to kind of wrap things up before it started. But, um, others weren't so lucky you know and they have had to be creative and persistent it's it's inspiring in itself
0: it's a very collectively as a whole the industry particularly independent operators are are very creative and persistent and uh gritty and determined and um <laughs> you know flexible and nimble it's amazing i mean you're already like that you already have to be like that to run successful <laughs> restaurants and you add all this crap in here it's like it just you have to it's triple like down on that. the
1: industry in itself you know
0: Yep. being yeah. in the
1: kitchen you know and oh my gosh you got two cooks and what we're full you know <laughs> you gotta bear down and you gotta get through it And i think that the people who survived in this industry you know as as people, not just as businesses. Um, there's a grit to us. There definitely
0: is. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. We love serving y'all um, for that reason. We're just so proud of the industry and so proud of the folks we serve. And I'm thankful we had this opportunity. I'm going to let you roll, but I really, really appreciate it. And I learned a lot and I enjoyed talking with you finally. And um, I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Uh,
1: this was amazing to me. Being on your podcast was on my goal board the whole time at that restaurant. <laughs> you know, I
0: just—that's <laughs> so awesome. I had a goal well,
1: board in my office, and you were up there a podcast uh, with Will.
0: Well, there you go. Check it off. We'll do so it again sometime. Off. Let's let's stay in touch, and uh, you know, as things change, love and that. I mean, we really like you know, it's um, I like having people. I'm, I'm starting to recognize the value of having. People come on here a second time, a third time, because, you know, it's such a fluid thing and things change and people, you know, their, their business grows or now there's stuff with COVID. And so it's, it's kind of neat to have this common thread of, of uh, you know, people that have shared their story and now have an update to their story and have had changes and things like that. So we'll do this again, 100%. I look forward to it. Thank you so much, Will. And
1: just keep doing what you're doing. You're making a change. You're making a difference. So.
0: You do the same. You do the same. You got you got my cell? Uh, oh, in fact, yes. Um, do me a favor when you have a chance, if you have a chance. Um, I'm trying to get a picture of everybody that we're doing this uh, an episode with and putting it on our Instagram. So if you get a chance, take a selfie, have your kids take a picture, or whatever you got. Um, send me something if you want to. No worries if not. Um, but I will. Uh, Yeah, we'd love to post that up there when we put the episode up. Cool. And maybe next time I'll swing down there and we'll meet face to face. We're here. We're here. We'd love to have you. North Carolina is not a bad place, although i, I got to tell you, I'd, if I were anywhere else, it would probably be Colorado. <laughs> i glad to hear that. we we'll love it here. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. I'm a snow ski. I'm a, I'm a ski bum at heart. So um, I, I've spent a lot of time out there. But um, well, listen. Thank you very much, and have a good rest of the day, rest of the week, and uh, anything anything you ever need, um, let me know. Thank you. I appreciate that. You as
1: well.
0: All right. Take care. All
1: right, Bye. Bye.